Hello, welcome to Pixel Hunt Podcast, where we deep dive and analyse games one system and letter at a time. I'm Dan, and can anyone tell me a worm's favourite chewing gum? I'm Mark. Yeah, but I'm not going to ruin your punchline. Go on. I'm Sol, and I've got the key to the wiggly worm. Well, it was Wrigley's. I don't know. I don't know the punchline. Yes, it's not. It's not going to be Orbit. That would be a spaceman's. Wrigley's. Orbit's a spaceman's favorite drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Anyway, for the second series season or World Two, we're covering the Sega Mega Drive or Sega Genesis. If you are from USA, working from A to Z, and a number. This episode or World Two stage five. One letter E. Letter E is Earthworm Jim. So before we get into Earthworm Jim, let's have a quick catch up. So we've all been doing last time. We all gathered and chatted about the last game that we ch- talked about. Mark, go. Um, right. I've not done watched a great deal. Um, but I have played Disco Elysium, uh, from start to finish, and it's exceptional. Everybody should play it. So. Let me give you a rundown of what this shit is because it's the weirdest fucking concept for a game that anyone's ever come up with and it shouldn't work, but it does. It's kind of a point-and-click type interface. Most of it's done by conversations. You are a policeman, a detective, investigating a murder in a town. The only thing is, the night before you're due to investigate this murder, you've got so arseholed and fucked up on drugs that you've forgotten who you are, you've lost your gun, you've lost your badge, you don't even know your own name. You're also schizophrenic and you've got a load of voices in your head all vying for attention all at the same time. And as you're plowing through the game, um, fleeting thoughts pass through his mind that you can choose to focus on to try to try to understand your own backstory. Um, and then depending on where you spend your stats and stuff like that, it, it'll give you more options when you're speaking to people or different options when you're speaking to people. So maybe he's a lot more charismatic or maybe he's just trying to do a drug deal with them and get high with them to, to get information. Or maybe whenever he's having the conversation, his inner voice underneath going, this guy's a dick. I don't even know why you're talking to this guy. This guy's quick. Yeah, fuck, he can't tell you anything. And, you know, and then sometimes if your perception's high, you'll walk through a room and he'll go, I think I need to check under that sofa. And if it's low, he won't. It's a really bizarre game, but utterly compelling from start to finish. It's amazing. Sounds like being in your head. Yeah, it is a bit like being in my head. Maybe that's why I was so comfortable with it. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is uh, it turn-based or is it action RPG? No, it, it's not. Funny it's click. not. Um, it doesn't work how you think it's going to work. There's no... Right. Um, combat element really in this game at all so everything's done like a game of chance so there'll be certain um conversational points that you get to where it's a roll of a dice and you know double six always wins double one always loses um and you've got a score above an x and you will successfully achieve what you want to do with this part of the conversation or this action and it all works on that basis just like an old school tabletop uh, rpg right because i i know that it's Highly regarded, and it's done really well. Well reviewed, high, highly regarded. Everyone thinks it's bloody brilliant. Mm. Uh, I didn't expect it to be as off the wall as that. It is insane. And it is, is that what it, makes it? Yes. The yeah, different. Yeah, and and the control you have over how you want to play this game. You know, so I wanted to play it as a complete nut job. You know, with with really high perception and really high kind of psychic abilities 
but then everyone thinks you're mad, you know, but, I, but it enabled me to solve the crime better, you know, whereas I could have gone for somebody who was very logical and cold and boring and normal and, and solved it in an entirely different way. And, uh, uh, and you know, certainly it stands up to repeat playing because there's tons and tons and tons of tasks that I had left undone, um, which had I not had the stats I had, some of those tasks would have probably been essential to solving the case. But because I was as intuitive as I was, I potentially didn't need to dig as hard looking for evidence. I, I was able to extract information out of people easier. So, yeah, it's good. It's isometric, isn't it? It's an isometric viewing. Isometric just looks like, yeah. It's, just, it's an looks isometric. like Shadowrun. <laughs> yeah, it does look like Shadowrun, yeah. yeah. Only you've got the ability to zoom right out or zoom right in, you know. Yeah. And as your perception increases, you can pull that zoom out further. So there's hidden areas that you potentially don't know exist unless your perception stats high enough and you can zoom out far enough to see them, you know, things, things like that, you know, so it's, it is very, 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 very clever. And I understand why people wouldn't buy it because I'd seen all the reviews for it. And I looked at like a video of it playing and I thought that looks like an absolute pile of fucking shit and it's 35 quid and it looks like a fucking Amiga game. So that's why I'd binned it off. And then it was on Epic's, uh, it was on sale on Epic and Epic were giving a 10 quid voucher away. So I think I got it for, 15 quid or something but having played it it will it was worth the 35 quid that they were asking for it so nice. yeah. then yeah sorry i did watch something actually mayor of east town i don't know if is it happy valley really is in... it a happy valley in the, in america basically um yeah more or less <laughs> that's what yeah. that's what the wife said uh, yeah but I, 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 she went ahead without me and watched it it's uh, good. so yeah i've heard yeah. it's supposed to be very good yeah, I guess it is. If, if Happy Valley had an Oscar winner in the lead role and, like, cost a million quid an episode, it would be Happy Valley in America, I guess. You're trying to tell but me yeah, it's, it's a lot in Halifax. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's obviously a, a far, far, far superior thing to, to that one. But, yeah, it's good. And that's, that's it. That's me. I'm back in England isolating for a couple of weeks while we... Um, box this house up and put it onto a container. Well, can I take the house with you, Mark? Can't get that on a plane. No, I can take the contents of it, though. Yeah, do do that. <laughs> do that. The house I've got in Lanzarote is better than this one. I don't want to take this one. England's welcome to it. To save us listening to me too long, I'll jump back in. So I'll be quite short in terms of games and stuff. I've still been playing SnowRunner, and I still just can't stop. Play. <laughs> just, I'm not really? getting. I'm not getting tired of having a truck stuck in a field, having to winch it out with uh, out of a big mud pit. I don't know why. You think it'd get boring, wouldn't you? And maybe it would for some people, but I, it, I seem to be the target audience for it. I was talking to someone at work about it, and he went, "Oh, do you play that, dear?" I, mean, I don't normally tell people this, but I play all them uh, truck simulators and train simulators <laughs> and all sorts. And I went, ah, "I'm not that sad." <laughs> But, um, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. a different kind of sad yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that and um well oh torch torch light three torch light three what's yeah. that torch lights um diablo but not serious you know dungeon crawler ah, type right thing. okay yeah, yeah. is it multiplayer it is you do it on, like same screen, like couch yeah, co-op. You can, um, you could probably do. It, I don't know actually, because there's uh, only me at home that wants to play games. Um, because those types of games, well. 
Yeah, those type of games like Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance and Diablo and stuff, they are something that actually we do all play together as a family. I loved playing so Torch like I loved playing Dark Alliance back what was that PlayStation Two era? It was, wasn't it? Early two yeah, thousands. It was fucking brilliant. It was yes, that I, mean, I played hours of that. But yeah, this is very similar. Torchlight three, it's on Game Pass. For some reason I'm playing it. Um <laughs> TV and stuff. I've watched. I've been watching the Clarkson Farm thing that's on this Amazon. This got recommended to me yesterday, actually, by a friend of mine. He was like, "This sounds like something you don't think you'll like, but trust me, you will." Yeah. So no matter what, no matter what you think of Jeremy Clarkson, it, it's is it, it's not. It, it's not Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might think he is, and and that, that probably won't change your view on no, it. He is. But, but he went <laughs> he went into it thinking well, this is going to be dead easy, I'll just take the piss. And it's dawned on him that it's fucking hard work he's farming and there's so much to do and so much to learn and he knows none of it and he's out of his depth and he always thinks he's being more clever than the farmers trying to do something else than the farmers, this young farmer lad called Caleb who helps him out. He's going, what have you done that for? I told you to do it this way. And you're like, well, I just thought it'd be better this way. They're like, no, because... And then he explains why what he's done is wrong. He's like, oh, right. Yeah, um, yeah. It did two thousand years of agriculture, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it it it, it is. It's got a head start on you, mate. It's funny, and um, it's, it's not Jeremy Clarkson just trying to mock um, Germans or Mexicans or anything like that. It's actually quite heartening. The thing about Jeremy Clarkson is he's he's just an edge lord, isn't he? So he says things to get reactions and says things to come across as edgy and, and say things for a laugh, which is a certain position that I admire in comedy because you're saying things to get a reaction, aren't you? Even when you've got The Guardian coming alongside and saying, well, it's actually quite good that I think you have a point there, Daniel. I think from what I've read is that you see beneath the veneer of Edgelord Clarkson and you see that, oh, actually, um, you see the real Clarkson, for want of a better. I mean, not not obviously the real Clarkson who punches his colleagues because he can't get a sandwich, but you at least see some yeah, but it did, humanity it did, under Yeah, but he did punch Piers Morgan, so you've got to let him off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Counteract yeah. each other. Well, but, as with everything, there's a middle ground, isn't there, to be met? So yeah. Yeah, punch who you want as long as you punch twats and nice people. <laughs> the, uh, the, the thing is, like you said, Clarkson does say stuff, and I don't think he believes wholeheartedly how far he goes no, with his opinions. He just says it because he knows he'll get reactions. And you do see that fall, that, that veneer fall, like you said. And he, he he does seem like an actually nice chap in the programme. Obviously, everyone's got their, their points that will make them flip, which is probably why he lost his job. But when he's rearing the sheep and he's, he's, he's giving helping the sheep's uh, he's helping birth sheep, and um, you can see he gets and, and he's got some sheep that can't rear, and he has to get rid of them. And you see him get quite upset about it. And you think, oh, he can't be that much of a monster if he's attached to some. What? Not everything's black and white. Yeah, people exactly. aren't e- exactly. people aren't inherently yeah. evil or good. Yeah, <sighs> you have to watch and find out, will you? What else have I been watching? Invincible. I've carried on watching that. I'm enjoying that. That's really not for kids, is it? Um, if you've watched any of it, the superhero thing. Have you watched it, Sol? No. It's actually very good and it's quite um, graphic at times. Um, I mentioned it last episode. Remember? The superhero thing with... Yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, you saying you'd started it. Not yeah. quite finished it, but it's, it's, I'm still enjoying that. And I watched a film. I watched The Hitman's Bodyguard. 
Ah, uh, the first one. Yes. I thought, Ryan Reynolds, Samuel Jackson, this is going to be good. And when it finished, yeah. I went, it's all right. Oh, it's all right. Yeah. I wanted it to be fantastic with that uh, lineup. Yeah, it's, like, not. Ooh. It's, like, it's one of them things, though. It's fuck all on TV, Sunday afternoon, can in your hand, no exactly. else to do. That's, it's that perfect film for that kind exactly. of uh, scenario, isn't it? Mm, but that's, that's me, really. So. Uh, what have I been doing this past three weeks? I've not watched anything of substance because the Euros are on. So it's that's been easy background viewing as some TV for a bit of football. We are, as of, at the time of recording, the very next day after the England match. And I, have, I can't get excited about this Euros. And I watched the England match. When they scored, I went, <laughs> can't, that's I because can't your get... club not country that's, that's the thing isn't it well maybe but I just can't get excited about it. I found the France game the night before more exciting and the Spain one yeah well we're not playing the most exciting I know it's a, not a football podcast we're not playing the most exciting football but uh, as a result because they take up your nights I just I just have that and I can't I, I just can't get into any films or anything at the minute but I have saying that I have been watching a TV series called Evil and the wife came in. She said, what's, what's this you're watching? I said, oh. It's, it's a documentary about you, love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's, um, it's a police consultant who's working with the Catholic Church to investigate serial killers. And she went, ah. Oh, that sounds good. Who are possessed by demons. And she went, ah. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> my response. <laughs> she said, I had, you, I had you there. She said, you had me until you said the for demons bit. Yeah. And like, well, she went to the same school as you, Mark, so you're both Catholic school buds. So I think yeah. she was, oh, intrigued. It's quite good. It's it's straddling like a light. Stra- Did you ever see Grimm, which was a TV series about the... Fairy tales. The, the, the Brothers Grimm. Yeah, um, yeah, I started watching it and thought it was shit. Yeah, well, that it's not it's not as family friendly as that. Okay. Yeah, so the tone is a little bit more serious. It's a bit X Files meets Grimm, meets um, a detect meets a detective show. It's quite Columbus. good. Columbo. I started watching a new series of Rick and Morty. There's been one episode of that so far that was very funny. It was showing it on all four at the minute over here. They don't bleep out the swearing like they do on Netflix, so it's full f bombs. Which is quite I've funny. I've only ever seen it with full F-bombs. Oh, maybe they always have done. Maybe I've got that right, I don't know. I've not watched anything past season two. I enjoyed one and two, but I think the people on the internet have put me off watching it. Just everyone who's yeah, Rick and Marty fans have put me off watching it. <laughs> it got a bit too bit too mainstream for you. No, not that. It's got a bit too... There's those gangs of people who think they're really intelligent because they watch Rick and Marty. And there's all those memes. Oh, Exactly. Yeah, is, like, uh, I was watching that guy's stuff before anyone knew even who he fucking was. He did all little cutaway bits in Sarah Silverman program, and he used to be one at writers on that with her, and that was always ridiculously funny. So, and then he went on to do Community, and when that was good, he was writing it, and then the series he didn't write was shit. Funny. <laughs> Never watched that either. Is that the thing with yeah, um, Chevy Chase? Yeah, yes. Childish Gambino. Yeah. Yes. I don't like Chevy Chase. But games wise, uh, <laughs> games wise, I've I've dabbled in a bit of State of Decay. Too. I can't 
I can't. I, I don't know. I can't seem to get into anything in a minute. State of Decay Two. I was playing recently, Walking Dead Simulator, but it's just like doing jobs. So, oh, and I don't know that. why I'm doing it. I'm sat there driving from one place to the next to clean out a zombie infestation just and go find some food to build work. up my bit. Yeah, it's just busy work. Am I? Yeah, fuck that. What am I doing? Um, that's why oh, I stopped playing what, Animal um, Crossing. I could just walk to its shop. I, I did play. That's worthy of a mention. I'd had that Ratchet and Clank thing pre-ordered from ages ago, the new one, and that is the very first game that I have played that looks and feels next-gen in my mind. So I know you thought that Returnal felt like that, Sol, but I I think there's loads of games that have looked more impressive than that. and uh, That have hinted at it. uh, And have mechanisms more impressive than that. Whereas this one, it truly contains things you haven't seen in a game before. You know, like a level just splitting and flying through it. It kind of similar thing happened maybe in Prey on the Xbox 360 when that first came out to a lesser extent towards the end. But it it is just sublime. That it looks like a fucking Pixar film. The whole thing, you know, it just relentlessly never stops. There's no loading screens. No, not at all. And it just fluidly moves from one thing into the next. It's a really, really impressive thing to to play and to see. I might pick that up. I, I've heard, I've heard exactly what you've just said. I've heard everywhere. Yeah, it's, I've seen it score sevens. So. Yeah, I, I would imagine it's. I'd, if it's, I haven't really looked at any reviews. I've only got my own opinion on it, and I've played it for maybe four or five hours in two sittings, and I think I'm probably about halfway through. So I would reckon it's quite a short, quite an easy game, which means for 70 quid, if you're only getting eight or ten hours out of it, then, you know, it's a bit of a fucking yeah. sting, isn't it? Um, but, um, yeah, as a showcase for um, for the next gen, it's definitely worth a look. I've never played Groovy. one of them. I always get that and Jack and Daxter mixed up, and I'm not interested in either of them. Uh, to, always... to be honest, they're all, they're all, both Jack and Daxter and that are all right. I mean, you know, they're not Mario either, but they're all right. You know, so they're, yeah. they're reasonably, reasonably good. Like the, the thing with Ratchet and Clank is the comedy in them is on point. Like they are genuinely funny. It's not like they're trying to be funny and failing miserably. They are, they are funny, you know, so they are enjoyable to play and they are challenging, certainly more challenging um, than you know most of the other platformy type things. They, these are harder, definitely harder, um, and definitely got to approach situations a bit more cleverly. So I think the Ratchet and Clank ones are, are probably among the best of them. I think the first Ratchet and Clank was a PlayStation Plus free get the remastered version of the first. Yeah, game with a PlayStation Plus. Or certainly, it's on the PS Five as as one of PlayStation all time great downloads or whatever that yeah. you, that you get with it. I keep meaning to jump in, but hey, there's a pile of shame everywhere I look, <laughs> <laughs> and that's just me palm mags. <laughs> Old school. There's the internet now. You know, you can watch a move without flicking through pages proper fast. Ah. We should get on that. Is this a new thing, the internet? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> What's this game we've been playing? This is the game. The game that we've been playing. Uh-huh. 
What is this? This is Earthworm Jim. Earthworm Jim was released on the 11th of November 1994 and is at its core a basic run and gun action platformer, but there's more to it than that in reality. Imagined and brought to life by former DreamWorks animator Doug Tenapal. Tenapal? Tenapal. The, uh, Tenapad. Yeah, that's him. Um, he, he worked on Attack of the Killer Tomatoes um, and the Ren and Stimpy and Jungle Book games. Did he? Um, ah, right. Cool. Well, that makes sense. So the yeah. art direction is making it awesome. Yeah. Attack, attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yes. <laughs> that. He worked on that. The cartoon. Right. Yeah. It was a film. It was a film originally. It was oh, right. a film originally, yeah. Right, okay. No. Um and it was developed by Shiny Entertainment, who went on to make MDK most notably. Which Yeah, that was a was belling game. Brilliant, yeah. And Enter the Matrix, which probably wasn't as good from memory. Um it was published in the UK at least by Virgin Interactive, who seemed to have a lot of cartoon game publishing rights. Uh they they had the rights to Aladdin, Lion King, um Chuck Rock. Cool spot. Cool spot, yeah. Um, so it was a cartoony stuff seemed to be Virgin's, you know, bag. Um, Earthworm Jim follows the trials and tribulations of an earthworm brought to life by a space suit that gives Jim the ability to walk, run, jump, shoot, and with the suit using Jim as the weapon, whip enemies. That whip can also be used to reach otherwise unreachable areas of the game. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles license holder, Playmate Games, at the time, decided after seeing Sonic the Hedgehog do so well, they wanted to create a new IP off the back of a video game, and that's where the original drawing by Doug Tenderpaul came from. Shiny Entertainment saw it, liked it, bought the rights, and set about making the game. Playmates also wanted to sell oh. action figures, so they commissioned a TV show to go along with it, which, I don't know if you ever remember it, I used to like watching it. And no. Earthworm Jim in that is voiced by Dan Castanella, Homer Simpson. Ah, um, right, okay. And, uh, I, that, that, it's voiced... quite interesting that I... Sorry what? to cut across you that. I didn't know that... Um, I've never looked deep into Earthworm Jim. I've always just assumed that with it being shiny, Dave Perry, David Perry, not Dave Perry of Games Master, David Perry, I always assumed it was his creation. No, it was Doug Tenenpaul that did the original drawing, but they all worked mm. on it together. A lot of them come up with drawings after some of the characters were then further designed by uh, Perry and um, another guy by the name of... Uh, begins with B, I've forgotten now. We'll come on to him. Um, but yeah, they, they decided to make a, a TV show so they could sell action figures as well, very much in the same way that they did with He-Man, but in reverse, where they made the figures and went, oh, there's a cartoon as well. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, make a cartoon, Dave. <laughs> yeah. So um, Homer Simpson voiced Jim. And if you do watch, if you go find it on YouTube, you'll hear, hear all you hear is Homer. And um, there are other recognisable voice actors from that cartoon network fold of the late mid to late 90s, um, voicing some of the other characters, very much voices of, say, Cow and Chicken, uh, IR Baboon, those, those oh. type of cartoons. Very zany, wacky comedy humour, which I like. I love Die Baboon. It was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> and I Am Weasel. Uh, the game was not as notable for its great character design, sound work, and the satirical nature of its humour, with characters such as Princess What's-Her-Name being a send-up of all the throwaway characters that you get in platformers that you're supposed to actually care about. So, um, yeah, you can see just off that, it's got, it's got a nice 
lightness about it, like sense of humor. Originally, I think the sense of humor in it is just is its strongest point. It is absurd to the absolute extreme. <laughs> it's it. great, isn't and it? Then, yeah, and then um, I didn't finish it, um, but when I hit a wall when I was playing it. I then thought, I'm going to see how it ends. So I, I watched someone finish it. It's fucking genius, isn't it? You start yeah. the game. You start the game by landing on like a seesaw and launching a cow up into the air. And at the very end of the game, he saves the girl and the fucking cow lands on her. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, it does it yeah it has that certain reverence doesn't it and you see the cow you jump, as you're playing when, through when... it you see it flying fast every now and again it just goes yeah it's, it is lovely i mean that is that is its strongest 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 point it is it is it is it genuinely succeeds at without having voice acting in it just being really really funny well the, the guys who worked on it perry and, and the rest were former employees of um i want to say virgin it might not be now but they've worked on stuff they've worked on cool spot before and everything they'd done before was very commercial so when they set up their own entertainment shiny entertainment they went we're gonna do what the fuck we want and we're just gonna make everything ridiculous and, and yeah. it was it's almost um it's almost lashing out against the the, the history and just go oh, we'll we've got we can do it with our company we're free to do it yeah. like yeah um and it was it's funny the, it is the, funny, definitely funny. The story is is quite an odd one. It's in the manual. I don't know if you ever found uh, it. it. I'm going to say this was just something that I um like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. It's in the manual. Yeah, it's in the manual. Yeah, none of this is explained throughout the game. There are no cutscenes. There's no intro. No. Nope. There's no outro. So, yeah, nope. it's it's hard to know what what your objective actually is. So I've tried to... I've tried to dumb it down from the from the manual but essentially intergalactic bounty hunter psychro he's the one that you um you're racing against in that those yeah. tunnels he's on a mission which makes f- sense because you're a worm and crows eat worms yes <laughs> he's on a mission from queen slug for a butt um chasing down <laughs> ultra high-tech indestructible space cyber suit when after a short shootout the suit falls to earth ordinary worm jim in an effort to escape a worm-eating crow, climbs into the suit that's fallen to Earth. Suit accepts Jim as its new owner. He's transformed into a giant worm able to control the suit. Finding a blaster on his hip, he dispatches the worm that had been chasing him for so long. Psycho lands on Earth, searching for the suit. Jim overhears him talking to Queen Slug for a butt, telling her that the suit's nearby. The Queen knows the suit will make her more beautiful than her imprisoned twin sister, Princess What's-Her-Name. Hearing this, Jim decides he's got to go save the princess, Heads off on a rescue mission. That's where you start. You start then in the junkyard, and you're off. You're off. Princess, what's her name? Is fit. Yes. If I'm gonna bang a cartoon character, that'd be the one. Yeah, Queen Slug for a butt. Not so much. No. No. <laughs> Better than Jessica Rabbit. Oof. Close. The buff close. ginger. So I see why Mark's interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either of them would do. So the game itself takes place over eight levels with uh, a 3D-ish uh, spa- a space bike race between the bounty hunter um, and yourself in between each stage. So every stage well, is has one... What that is that what that is? Yeah, that's I've, I've got the physical copy. I've not even looked at the instructions. Yeah. So, right, okay. And if you, if, I'm presuming then by not knowing that you've beaten him every race. Yeah. Uh, well, if you don't beat him, you've got to fight him then. 
and then you move oh, on to the next level if you beat him. Yeah, I beat him on every race as well. But I remember as yeah. a kid really struggling with those races. I don't know why. Maybe I was just stupid. Yeah. But um, yeah, it takes place over eight levels. Each stage has one main boss, and some of them have a little mini boss halfway through. So as we said, you start off in a junkyard, New Junk City. It's got you taking on crows, rabid dogs, and then there's Chuck, the redneck-looking crane operator. Uh, that's your end-level boss who tries to drop boxes on you and pukes fish at you. Um just to try and kill you. Um, and he's midway quite repulsive, through, isn't he? He's quite repulsive. Midway through, there's a disco dancing bin. Um, and oh, is that what that's doing? I thought it was just take, like, taking the piss out of me. Yeah, it's, it's doing like a John Travolta. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is the aforementioned cow you've got to launch. Um, and you do see that, as I said, flying past various points throughout the game. Stage two is seemingly set in hell. It's got you fighting off demons and avoiding lava pits and flaming platforms. Evil the it cat. looks like he's uh, jumping around the inside of a crunchy. Does <laughs> a bit, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> what I thought. Evil the cat is your end of stage boss who attacks you while you're out of your suit. I can't remember how you end up out of your suit now. Forget. Yeah, your you suit's kind of stuck just... behind him, asking yeah. you to get yeah. back in, isn't it? Yeah. You don't show you get get out of it. Yeah, you just stood there as a worm. Which I, having not read the backstory, I thought well. How does the suit, because the suit's kind of waving him on to yeah. get in me, put, yeah. put your worm in me, which is what the girls say to me all the time. He's so, with two kids. Yeah. And, I, I, yeah, it's like a sentient thing. I didn't realise that it is a sentient space suit. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think, though, it had just got off its ass. at least helped you with that fight, if you yeah. were that desperate for you to get back in. <laughs> well, I guess it's trapped. it's trapped by the cat. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it can't move. Maybe it can only gesticulate. But um, <laughs> once you do get your suit back, you've of course got to take the cat's nine lives while he jumps out of the dark. And down the tubes is your token water level. That's level three. That's as annoying as every other that water level in every other game ever. For <laughs> in the little, yeah. uh, at one point you got to climb into a uh, what a glass ball with jets on it. You got to power your way through little mazes without damaging it. Against the time, it's so like, a, like it's like yeah, it's like a an underwater sea submarine thing, like it's that a, thing that goes down and looks at Titanic. It's about that point where you start to really fucking hate it because of how hard it is. Yeah, it is. But the, I like <laughs> that you've got giant hamsters to ride on, which kill the little yeah, dogs. That's, again, <laughs> that's <laughs> cool as fucking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you He's, jump on it, he starts going. <laughs> and, and, uh, what does he say when you jump on it as well? Whoa, almost, Nelly! That's it. Whoa, Nelly! Yeah, and he almost says it like a Yorkshire accent. I think but it's yeah, supposed it's to funny. be a Scot, but yeah, it's, it's um, <laughs> he, the little hamster eats the um, some dogs that otherwise would fling you around and throw you across the room. That is as far as I got. Is that as far as, as you got? As I, I was, I was time limited because the games take a really long time, and you can, you can, you can earn continues, can't you? As well. Mm -hmm. So, from just a couple of credits, you can have about an hour. Yeah, you can be mm -hmm. at it an hour really, and mm -hmm. I just ran out of time. I had somewhere to be, so I had to put it down at that point when I go, "Whoa, nearly!" Mm -hmm. uh, see, I was, I was, using, I did it in a few settings, but I was using save states just purely so I could put it down and come back to it. But I like the only level boss for that stage. It's Bob, Bob the Killer Goldfish. He's called. It was just sat in a little, <laughs> little glass ball, and you just knock it over, and it smashes yeah, and it. tails about on the floor. But <laughs> 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 well, why do water levels in all games just suck balls? Well, like, they don't. They don't in Ori. 
Sonic the Hedgehog uh, is crap. The water levels in there are crap. The yeah, Legend Mario. of Zelda games, crap. Mario, rubbish. The music's are nice, but um, he's just floating Donkey around. Kong? Is it a water level in Donkey Kong? Country, Donkey Kong Country 4. Uh, Donkey yeah, Kong Country yeah, there is. for the snares. You're on the yeah. um, swordfish. And then you get on like a, a swordfish, so yeah. That's not so bad. It's good music. The level I was I alluded to at the end of the last episode was the, was the one that comes next. It's not a problem. Where you bungee jumping. Um, <laughs> bungee jumping against the uh, character Major Mucus, who dangles from a giant string of snot. And you've got to bash him into the wall until his snot string breaks. Whilst yeah, avoiding that's where the I finally threw the towel in and went fuck this. Even with save states, I couldn't fucking do that. <laughs> Did you? Well, you watched a game, You watched a playthrough. Level six is the worst level ever. Oh, is level it? Level five, yeah. Level five is um, simply called level five. I don't know. <laughs> I just got bored of naming them. And you, you're chasing down Professor Monkey for a head. Uh, through a lab, is <laughs> is a professor who's got a monkey that's grown out the top of his head. <laughs> Sometimes it can run on the monkey with the human in the air, or, or vice versa. Um, and then you've got to fight off a robot chicken at the end. But level six, for Pete's sake, has you. Um, it's one of the most annoying levels I've ever played. You've got to keep a dog safe from harm, uh, and you've got to whip him so he jumps over gaps in the like platforms. But you've got to shoot things that he's about to walk in front of, like tentacles that stick out the floor. You shoot them, and then he can walk past them. If you don't, he falls or gets hurt, and he just turns into this huge Hulk-like dog, picks up Jim, and then drags him back down the level, like where you've just come from, back to the start of all the obstacles, and you've got to do it again. And you get it wrong, you've got to do it again, and again, and again. And it's the most frustrating thing. Level seven's quite an interesting one. It's short. It's called Intestinal Distress. And there's, uh, it looks like you walk running around the gut of some animal, and the the end level boss is called Doc Duo, Duodenum, which is part of your intestines. Biology fans, mm-hmm. and um, that just spits bile at you, and you've got to shoot it. it just keeps going, yeah, yeah, and just spitting bile at you. Um, that level was omitted from the SNES port due to their anti blood and gore policies. <sighs> oh, really? Nintendo, come yeah. on. And the last level is called Buttville. Which is just you'll have seen it on the playthrough. You start off trying to helicopter down through all this spiky maze, and it's a that's a barlick as well. But gotta avoid bees and beehive type things and worms that cut you in half. And then you take on Queen Slug for a butt, save Princess What's her name, um, whereupon she is crushed by the cow that you launched in stage one. <laughs> <laughs> crushed and that's killed, it, really? Or don't yeah. you know? The cow yeah. lands on her, and then the credits roll. <laughs> And then, uh, so you assume she's dead. The crown comes off, and then after (laughs) FOM Jim slinks off because he's sad that she's dead, and then he spots the crown and comes back and takes it. (laughs) Oh, have that, but um, yeah, that's the game, really. Sad that she's dead, he never met her. Well, yeah, but she was fit, so uh, well, yeah, well, she's still fit, dead, surely. That's a whole different conversation, isn't it? I don't think we need to get into that. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure worms eat dead bodies, so he could have gone at it. Really, <laughs> he could have just given her a munch. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's that's the game. It's it's funny. It's good. It's it, there's a reason it's uh, well revered um, historically. Um, but let's. Let's not get too much into that. 24 meg as well. 24 meg? 24 meg. meg it, it proudly proclaims on the cover, 24 meg. Mm. I've got a phone here in front of me. 
It's got 250 gig storage. Mm. It's crackers, isn't it? I don't know. But it was 24 hey. megabit as well. <laughs> oh, so what? it's four, four megabytes. Yeah, the power of eight. And... <laughs> yeah. But What's that in get, binary? Uh, 0011001111. <laughs> binary solo. <laughs> uh, before we get into our final thoughts on uh, Jimmy Wormed, Let's check out what was going on at the time of its release in the realms of UK music, films, and of course, games on the 11th of November, 1994, by handing over to my colleague. Thanks for the handover there, my esteemed colleague. We'll start with the singles, because that's what we do. Climbing 12 to number eight was a new lady on the scene, Cheryl Crow, with... All I wanna do. I can remember being besotted with with her. She was a very attractive lady, and I was at this stage just gone eighteen, I think. And I was like, "Who's this cheeky lady? Who's this cheeky lady with this hip new track?" <laughs> yeah, she, but, she uh, particularly early early days. She definitely had something about her, um, and then she got like skinny and blonde and she's just worth it anymore but she was like ginger then wasn't she and uh, she, <laughs> i wouldn't say that she was anything other than slim then but she wasn't skinny you know so she 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 slowly metamorphosized into um it's, a wrinkly blonde like it's a really blonde. really good good um it's a really good track she's I'm good quite, it's good it's like country tinged isn't it yeah it is a little bit it's i'm good. quite worried mark about your penchant for gingers one of my friends has got a red setter. Do I need to make sure that we don't send you any pictures? Yeah, but if it's got red hair, it's getting it. That's the only reason I'm not in the same room as you right now. Otherwise, it'd be, you know, that scene in Pulp Fiction with Zed. <laughs> Dropping two to number five. Moving, moving swiftly on. Uh, Dropping two to number five was some Danish lady called Wickfield with Saturday Night. Oh, God, this fucking song. Right. Um, I saw this. I had the um, fucking unfortunate look to see this live because at the time I worked at the New York bar in um, Wakey, which was like a gay bar. And she came in. I think it, I think it's now. I think it's Wigfield did. Yeah. So did this, she? Yeah. This song was Wigfield big on the gay Wigfield. scene before it actually hit like the mainstream radio. It was big in like Benidorm and big amongst the gay clubs before it before it charted. So I so I had to stand and do that stupid Saturday night dance. But I thought it's no problem. This. No one else except this room full of gays knows this song exists. Um, and then she came in and did it live. And then within a month, it was like number one or something. I was like, what the fuck happened there? She was wow, in New York never, Bar a few weeks ago. I never knew that New York Bar is now a kebab shop, I think. Oh, is but, it? Uh, I, I, so, yeah, 18, 1994, 18. This is where you start going uptown and going, going to nightclubs. Remember those things? Yeah, I can remember being in a nightclub in Wakefield, and the DJ, it, typical Wakefield DJ, hey, ladies and gentlemen, you know, proper cheesy on the mic all the time, and he said, "This will be number one on Sunday." 
I thought, what is this shit? How, is, how can you how can you possibly know that it's going to be number one on Sunday? This were at a time when I listened to Radio 1 all the time. It's like, what are you talking about? I've never heard this shit. And then lo and behold, two days later, bang, number one, Wigfield. Like, what is this shit? But you were you were you were there and I, mean, I was there when before anyone knew it was cool yeah you see i've given you the backstory now as to why everybody knew it was going to be number one well that's yeah i just i can remember being amazed by it. but what it, it for all its faults it did knock love is all around off number one all right went, went, did went. it well that's a fucking <laughs> so, that's a beautiful thing that it took something that shite <laughs> so knock it off, number one. It's one of those songs, though, isn't it, that you hear when you're on holiday. One of those. It's like that DJ Otzi thing that came about 10, 15 years later. Oh, that went, fuck. Ah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just those cheesy songs that everyone know. will dance to when you're on holiday. Yeah, oh, hey, oh, baby. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, you'll dance while you're on holiday. Yeah. yeah, you'll dance while you're on holiday, and then when you come home, you just want to smash it up. Yeah. It's like they they replaced what Agadoo was and shit back in yeah. the day. Yeah. That kind of stuff is the reason I don't go to places like Benidorm. Yeah. I no, I tend it. to avoid them. Mm. And holding on to the number one spot for the third consecutive week, so it must be good, right? Mm. Was a cover of the Equals song, which was Eddie Grant's first band baby come back by pato banton and a couple of ub followers. do you remember it baby come back die 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 what was it took away my color tv and my cd collection or something from bob marley yeah that's it yeah the color tv and my cd collection of bob marley which which obviously he's put that in because eddie grant eddie grant wouldn't have had a cd player but you'd have had him on tape um, i've had this on today actually it's it's all right (laughs) it's all right we just got some joy out of it just then yeah Mm. Yeah, so you can see why I think it was number one for four weeks. <gasps> yeah. Right, albums. This album chart, this week, I've picked three out of the album charts, including the number one, but I think the other seven were all best of. So you had best of Bon Jovi, best of In Excess, best of... Um, I don't it. come up to Christmas. Uh, yeah, it's just, it yeah. was ridiculous. It's like, where can I pick some interesting stuff? So at number nine, you've got Monster by R.E.M., which was their follow-up to... That one with the songs on. (laughs) (laughs) I am definitely, if I do another album, going to call it that. (laughs) That one with the songs on. That one with the songs on. (laughs) You know, that one one where they had about 10, 10, 11 songs on and and they sung them. Uh, This featured the singles, What's the Frequency, Kenneth? What's the Frequency, Kenneth? And... A personal favourite of mine is Bang and Blame. So this is the album bang, after bang. Losing My Religion and all yeah. that kind of Automatic for the people, yes, that, that's, that's the one. Yeah. Wasn't that in the last episode? Wasn't yeah, that in the last episode? Yeah. It's been recent, yeah. <clears throat> They're quickly becoming the, the Dire Straits of, <laughs> of the Men's Rights series. Yeah. <laughs> dire Straits was Nez with R.E.M. now. Uh, What's the frequency, Kenneth? That, do you know the story behind that? The backstory of that song? Uh I did, so you tell me and then it'll jog it because I've lost it. Uh, 
CBS news anchor Dan Rather was attacked on a New York City street sidewalk by a crazed man or a couple of men yelling, Kenneth, what is the frequency? <laughs> they kept beating him, apparently, just shouting that. Nice. Weird, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Num- <clears throat> number eight was Amorica by Black Crows, which was uh, their follow-up to the Southern Harmony musical companion. So their th- it's their third album. It didn't really do much in terms of singles. You probably know it's most famous for having a bushy uh, crotch on the front. So it's a Stars and Stripes thong on the front cover with some pubes sticking out of it. No. Which were, they, 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 took, they took from an uh, issue of Hustler magazine, 1976 Hustler magazine. As soon as you see it, you'll know it. But I've had this on today as well. I like the Black Crows. I thought so you just a bit of that. Rock. I didn't realise it was called Amorica. Amorica, yeah. I thought it was a typo. I was I won't feel good by pointing out other shortcomings. Wow. And at number one was Unplugged in New York by Nirvana, which has got a wonderful cover of The Man Who Fell to Earth by David Bowie on it. That's what always sticks out to me from this. So... Moving on to the films, what I've done this, I follow an account on on Twitter called a Top Film Tip, and twice a day, they tell you all the films that are on free-to-air TV. Okay. Which is quite a good account, here in the UK at least, and you go, ah, oh, that's on tonight, right, I might catch that, kind of prods you to, to watch stuff. But they always have kind of irreverent uh, summaries of their films. So, for... Two of the three films tonight, they've covered on their Twitter feed at some point. So I'm going to do a little quiz and you can play along if you want at home and you two can try and guess what the film is from the description. So the first one is, at number four, a simple man travels through formative years of America's adolescence without noticing any of it. He also eats some chocolates in an anti-liberal conservative polemic. Horace Gump. Yeah. Correct. What's a polemic? A fucking boring film that by that Ron <laughs> Howard guy that even managed to make Star Wars fucking boring. It was from some, it was it was Robert Zemeckis. Do you not like Forrest Gump? No, is it Zemeckis that one? No, I, no I'm not yeah. a fan of Forrest Gump. I, I, um, ah. But yeah, it's Robert Zemeckis pretending to be Ron Howard. Then do it you think so Ron Howard into- that film? <laughs> it does a bit. Do you think that in today's in today's walk cancel culture, depending on what side of fence you are on, because the left say that the right are shutting down free speech and the right say that the left are shutting down free speech because basically cats anything, depending on where you come from. Do you think you could make a film about a slightly retarded man like this? I would make a film about a slightly retarded black dwarf lesbian um trans transsexual that identifies as a frog. It probably sell. It probably it probably do well. Though. <clears throat> There'll be an audience for that, Mark, somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, guarantee. Let's see. Let's just see how many people you can piss off all in one go, or delight all in one go, depending on their opinion. That's it. If you can make a film about a tire that kills people, it's good, is that? You know, I'm sure it's a great. There's an film audience for anything. It's called, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it fucking brilliant. Well, it's actually not. It's 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 okay, but the opening 
10 minutes of it are really good. And in at number two. Yes. Suave Sentinel seeks superior soul. Prize fighter's pride prevents profit. An odd date accidentally ends in OD. Oh, I don't know Pulp that fiction. one. It is oh, Pulp well Fiction. Done. Absolutely. Well done. One of the greatest, greatest, greatest it, films of all it time. It absolutely is. I went to the cinema to watch this. I think it's about two to two and a half hours long, isn't it? Yes. It's pushing two and a half hours. Yes. And I sat there after Reservoir Dogs. We would, when Reservoir Dogs came a couple of years earlier, Yeah. I swear it was banned or you couldn't get hold of it. I had a friend who got a pirate copy. So for a lot of time, it wasn't easily acceptable. You, you, you could get to it at film festivals and stuff like that, if I remember rightly. There was yeah, you could a... get to it at like art house cinemas yeah. and things like that, but you couldn't, it, couldn't, it, it wasn't readily available. No, so I watched Reservoir Dogs on a pirate copy mm. and then Pulp Fiction came along and I went to the cinema to watch Pulp Fiction and after two and a half hours, I, I didn't want that to finish. Such was... The, such was the way it's put together, the the cutting. I mean, I, as an eighteen year old, you, you're still relatively inexperienced in in cinema. Yeah. In cinema, so all the tricks he's pulling, jumping back and forth, cutting, you know, start entering other people's narratives halfway through their scenes and things like that. It just felt fresh. It felt inventive. It felt violent. Mm. It, and it had a really, it's got a really sick sense of humor as well, cutting through it. Yeah. I remember someone, you know, when he, when he, when he, when he looks up at Bruce Willis as he's crossing the road and he's motherfucker and he knocks him over and then yeah. Bruce Willis is struggling, <laughs> he's struggling to get away mm. because he's, he's quite critically injured. There's a guy two, two, two rows back pissing himself that, that uh, Ving Rhames, Marcellus Wallace can't actually shoot improperly because he's also injured because <laughs> it's like there's, there's a sick humor in it i just wanted to watch it i just wanted to watch two and a half two and a half hours more of that well or that again that is what i did <laughs> i went to watch it at the abc cinema on my own i didn't go with anybody else um i went to the first showing that was available of it um and i sat and i watched it and then i got out and i got in the queue and i went and i watched it again <laughs> Yeah, it's brilliant. It is, I, it is fantastic. I, I was there for when when it came out on on video. I said to my mum and dad, I said, uh, I said, you've got to, we got it on like release different video shops. So you've got to watch this film. It's fantastic. It's absolutely brilliant. My dad, load of shit that. <laughs> Whereas my mum appreciated it because she's a big reader as well. Yeah. So she she appreciated all. You know, just the structure of it and the storytelling. Because my dad would, they're all just bloody talking. <laughs> right, okay. Well, Fair I, enough. Moving on. <laughs> I, I didn't reckon much to it the first time I watched it, purely because the first time I watched it was in about four or five different sittings as it had been on TV. And I just uh, had to catch it midway through and caught like the back end or caught the middle and fallen asleep until I watched it all start to finish. I was like, okay, that's brilliant. But yeah. my, my initial understanding of it i didn't see that it was all put together in such a manner yeah, yeah. i just mm. saw bits and put it together in my head and then went oh someone's put it together better than i would have done but yeah that's when i quit i, I were doing um i were doing media at wakefield college at that point as in video media and uh i quit after that because i were like well fucking that's no one's ever going to be that good so you might as well just fucking <laughs> sack it off <laughs> 
It was certainly, I mean, everyone knew a talent had, had landed with Reservoir Dogs. But, I mean, from uh, this kind of just cemented his position. And obviously, Tarantino still is just continued to deliver. But yeah. at this point, you couldn't escape Tarantino. He had Pulp Fiction. He'd written it. He wrote True Romance. He wrote Natural Born Killers. It was in From Dust Till Dawn. It was just, it was like a cultural whirlwind who just pulled just throughout the 90s. Mm. It, it was in, he directed ER. Mm. You know what I mean? And where they all wore Reservoir Dogs type suits in, in ER. He just, it was just, it was a cultural barometer, wasn't it? And Definitely. he picked, and he picks and chooses as well from, he, he's a bit of a magpie, isn't he? And in the same way that someone like one of my favorite bands, like the Beastie Boys did, they had all these cultural references and they referenced films and music and they wore old school trainers and they did, they, and you could just, they wore their influences on a sleeve, but they weren't slaves to them. Mm. No, just, just, it was just, just great. Um, but we're not here to talk about Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction podcast. And at number one is a really shit film called uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, directed by Kenneth Branagh with Robert De Niro as the monster. I don't mind this. I think it's all right. No? Yeah, I mean, it got slated at the time and I still went to watch it because I'm a horror fan. So, And I thought, well, that's not as bad as everyone's made out. And then I've watched it again since and I still don't think it's as bad as everyone made out. I think it's a reasonably oh, solid... A reasonably solid film. I think it's a good adaptation. I, should give it a, I, I should haven't give it seen this. Uh, is there a scene where where the Frankenstein's monster is stood in front of a mirror going, you're talking to me? <laughs> no, talking- not quite. No. No? Uh, and he has no bolt through his neck either. No. Is it more? Yeah. I'd yeah. keep his head oh, on. I'll probably, I, I should probably reassess it then. There's, there's a good pinball for it though. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, the film's probably not as good as the pinball. But yeah, I I think it's definitely worth another watch. And I would imagine it's one of those... I'm thinking of like how it's shot and everything that's probably not aged bad, you know, because it's a period-type piece anyway. I would imagine it's probably aged all right. And it, it, yeah, going in cold without any expectations. I bet you go, actually, yeah, it's pretty good, that. It was kind of out on the heels of Coppola's Dracula, wasn't it? Yeah. A couple of years I mean, Kenneth Branagh, after that. Kenneth Branagh's a good director. He's a safe pair of hands, isn't he? So stands Yeah, it's funny it? because Kenneth Branagh's someone who I really want to hate. Mm, it's hard to hate, though. I, don't, I thought that like it, when I went to watch the Pyroad that he did as well. And I came yeah, away did, from it thinking, well, although I didn't think the film was that good, I thought he was fucking brilliant as Pyro. I couldn't imagine well, anyone else seen, ever doing it. Uh, games, man. That's what it is. That's what we do. That's why we waggle our joysticks and pump our pads. That's what we're here for. What games were we playing back? Games. Back, yeah. On the shelves in Woolworths on November the 11th. Woolworths! That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Was issue 156 of Computer and Video Games, who were by this point claiming to be across their masthead on the cover, the mag Real Gamers Read. Sorry, I was just going to say, if, if anyone has got, is fresh into this, has got no idea why Mark just went, Woolworths! I think yeah. you need to go to the Pac, Pac-Mania episode of the uh, Series 1. Um, is that what it started? Uh, listen uh, to that one. And yeah. all will become <laughs> clear. Woolworths! <laughs> CVG hits this month. They covered Street Racer on the SNES, giving it 94, which for those who aren't 
sure what it is. Uh, it's essentially Mario Kart with Street Fighter characters in cars. And CVG claimed here that it's the most enjoyable race game on the SNES. Better than Mario Kart F Zero. It's there's a lot of things in this issue. Um, you'll see there's a theme where I think someone was either hoping that they could keep onto exclusives and appease the pub, uh, the the video game publishers, because yeah, I don't think it's better than F Zero, and I don't think it's better than Mario Kart, but it's certainly all right. Yeah, but. I think time has told on whether it's up there and it and it in. I yeah, view Street decent. Racer the same as I view Diddy Kong Racing or Crash Team Racing when it comes to not being Mario Kart. We're trying to be Mario Kart there's with other characters, yeah. and the juice is not as good. Why bother? Yeah, there's something to buy when you've exhausted the classic. Mm. On the Mega Drive, yeah. Micro Machines Two, Belter. scoring ninety-four. And they they actually state in the review it's hard to define exactly why a game like this is so playable. And I said to I said to the reviewer, "That's your fucking job, mate." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say the same thing. That's <laughs> what you get paid for, me. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, being uh, facetiousness aside, I do think that um, he has a point because on the face of it, it's a top-down basic graphic racer, but. When you've got this J cart with all the four cartridges in, we played it at a, a, a retro show, didn't we? In Leeds, you know the retro games evening at Leeds. I think there were yeah, three yeah. or four of us playing it, and it is a laugh in it. Yeah. It is, yeah. it is a great game. Uh, all, if you came all... with it with a built-in multi-tap, didn't it? The J cart's got yeah. two extra um, ports for your controllers in the cartridge itself, built into the top. That was so um, made by Codemasters. But yeah, I yeah, mean, you didn't I, need a dedicated multi-tap. I, I think it's hard using that format to really get it wrong because even if you go back to that Grand Prix game on the Amstrad that was kind of a top-down thing that was Grand Prix Simulator yeah, from Codemasters yeah that was good you know but I mean the same, same BMX company, Simulator yeah. yeah Codemasters have always had a good history with racing games haven't they uh, they right, do the right, series and they do the Formula 1 now yeah right up until um, Grid oh which one were it Autosport where they basically created a game full of grind. And I'm thinking, why have they done this to this game? And then a week later, they brought out for 10 quid a time saver pack where you could fucking... <laughs> and at that point, I thought, fuck you, you cunts. Um, and then since then, they've bought, um, they bought the Project Cars guys and Project Cars 3, which it's not shite, but it's not Project Cars. I don't even know why they called it Project Cars. So they ruined the integrity of that. And then I think Andy EA bought them now. Come on. Uh, yeah. Yes, they have. Yeah. So they'll no doubt now get even more fucking corporate and shite. So what was what has been a solid game studio right from us being kids is probably now going to fizzle away into the ether and turn into nothing like everything else EA buys and fucking slowly dissolves. <laughs> do, do the acid. <laughs> yeah. Like, just, just consume you like a whale. Yeah. Electronic acid. <laughs> <clears throat> On the Jaguar, mm -hmm. for 59.99 of your English pounds in 1994, you could have got Alien vs. Predator, Ooh, which scored man. 90. That now, you is had this, a... didn't you, Mark? Right. 
This is a 100 game. This is in my top, 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 top games of all time. And Well, it's interesting. Again, going back to what I was saying, the reviews. So they seem to suggest that the individual components of this game aren't outstanding. But as a whole, it does the justice to the license and is, and is a perfect example of a good launch game. So the, on one hand, they're saying, nah, it's a bit meh, but it's Aliens, 90. Yeah. It's not a bit meh. It's a really exceptional game that, that's for the time. The graphically, it was amazing. Um, the each of the three the roles that you take on are very distinctly different. You know, it's like three games rather than being like, oh, I'm now an alien chasing a human. Oh, I'm now we've got different objectives, different things to do. Yes, you're in the same map. But the controls are different. Your skills are different. The way you play it is different. It is three different games. It's a very, 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 very good game. And I even played it again recently just to sort of see, like, was that as good as I remember it being? And whilst it's dated quite badly, it was as still as good as I remember it being. It's, I think that's like a classic game. That but I remember playing it at yours at the time uh, and being quite impressed with it. It seemed quite scary. It was. It was scary. <laughs> and, time. you know, it's like, you know, they thought it through, you know, you, you had to run backwards when you were shooting the aliens because otherwise the acid blood would hit you and all that sort of stuff. And if you were an alien, you had the advantage of being able to go through all the vents so you could bypass locked doors and things like that. Whereas if you're the Marine, you're having to find key cards and keys. And, you know, then um, just when you were starting to get a grip of the aliens, when you were playing the thing as the Marine, all of a sudden you'd hear that... <laughs> You know, fucking predator sound. You're like, oh yeah. fuck! After you've got like a few hours <laughs> in, and you're actually starting to feel comfortable in the game, and then it just fucking throws that curveball at you, and you're like, shit! Uh, it's a really good game. <laughs> Better than the next one. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the thing, right? So next up was Rise of the Robots on the SNES for fifty of your English pounds, and the PC CD-ROM as well. Now, which is still at this point the the reference that it's a CD-ROM as opposed to a disc. Uh, and they scored 91 and 90, respectively. Now, I've ju- I read the review. Historically, n- we all know now that Rise of the Robots is absolute shite. <laughs> uh, we, were all blo- we were all blown away by the graphics on stills. And then when people played it, they realized that it was just an absolute bag of shit. N- and they've, they've scored it really high, but they don't talk about how it plays at all. And they just say that, like the SNES version is a landmark in console games because it features all the CD cinematics. So, right, but no, at no point have they said that how like how why this is well why this is better than Street Fighter Two, for example, which it isn't. And we all know now it's it's absolute dog shit. Yeah, I do remember as a kid being really excited about it. I remember seeing it and thinking, "Wow, this looks amazing! I've yeah. got to play this." And playing it and thinking. God, that's shit. <laughs> yeah, so why are they giving? So why are they giving it again? Backhanders. Why are they giving it ninety ninety one scoring? It's it don't smell right. Next up, uh, Sonic and Knuckles on the Mega Drive, which is which was like a plug through expansion type cart that you. It was a game in its own right, but you can also plug your previous Sonic games into it, and it you can then enhance those levels with like Knuckles. Oh wow! So Radian automatic. You sit it in. Yeah, Radian automatic. If you remember, that's him, really from cool. Games Masters. 
Yeah, he, he said, while, while it is getting a bit dated, it's hard to knock it because it's so much fun to play. And then when you combine it with the earlier games, it's then one of the best titles in the series and value for money that you get from being able to do that. Um, you can't knock it. 91, they give it. That was Knuckles' um, his first game, wasn't it? It, was, it wasn't It was either bad guy in Sonic 3, but it was his first game. It was an echidna, was it? wasn't it? Yeah, an echidna. Yeah. Was, he, was he in Sonic 3, was he? I think so, yeah. I don't remember. I don't. Because, like, Radian Automatic here says, I thought Sonic were getting a bit dated by then. Who the and fuck is Radian Automatic? So, but... It sounds like a detergent. <laughs> it was a detergent, but it, that's what he called himself. Oh, all right. It was a. It was an actual shopping. A shopping. It was an actual washing powder called Radian Automatic, which that's what he called himself when he were on Games Master. He had right long floppy hair. Don't know what he's doing now. Maybe he's all washed up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then finally, that's your games. Yep. So finally, we've got the all format top ten chart as brought to you by HMV. No HMV. No games. Apparently. Yeah. Well, uh, they were wrong quick, there because now there is no HMV and there's fucking loads of games. <laughs> yeah, they're having a bit of a renaissance, aren't they? Because everyone's buying vinyl, it's bonkers. Right. Yeah, there's no yeah, no HMV, no, yeah, literally <laughs> NO HMV, <laughs> NO games. <laughs> quick skeg, at number one, Mortal Kombat 2 across, the, across all the formats. Yep. It's a bloody great game, they say. What have we got else here? We've got Smash Tennis on the SNES Belter. from Virgin, which I can't remember. But uh, for a second, I thought it was snooper tennis. Is that is that some sort of FIFA game? international FIFA. soccer? Yeah. Who knew at that point it had turned out to be what it is today? I know, I know. Uh, Wario Land just slipping out of the top ten there on the Game Boy, which was well, which was Super, Super Mario, Mario Two. Wario Land three in it. Two what? was the one. Two the magic coins. Yes, yes, correct. And just dropping down to number three is the excellent TIE Fighter on the PC, which is basically X-Wing. But you're the bad guys, which is always better. But your ship's not as cool. No. Got to give a shout-out for Theme Park there from here at number eight. Fine, uh, fancy managing a theme park and building rides, which you can see. Well, that's what this game is about, and it's the business. Thank you. Was good, There's your games anyway. That is your games. Mm. So, why don't we move on to see what we thought about the earthly wormhead Jim? What, what is what, your verdict? <laughs> I finished this. I don't think you two did. No. The sound of it. I played it no. as a kid, so I kind of know maybe why I had a bit of an advantage. So I'll let one of you two well, talk about it. Let me want. ask you some things because these will influence my score potentially. So you yeah. played it as a kid. How far did yeah. you get without having the save states as a kid? Did you finish it? Yes. How long did it take you to finish it? I don't remember, but um, it was probably like my only game. Well, no, I had a few, but it would have been like, your main playing focus. And playing and playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you remember getting a load of value out of it? Yeah, I do remember the level underwater being a pain in the ass, and I do remember the one with the dog being a pain in the ass. There was this stuff still got distinct memories 
that came flooding back when yeah. I was playing it, thinking, I remember this fucking level. Because, yeah, <laughs> so, the, yeah. The things to get out of the way off the bat is th- this is an order of magnitude better graphically than anything else that we've looked at right up until this point. There's nothing that comes remotely close to the nuance that exists in the animations, even the incidental animations that are in the characters in this game. Like, everything. Well, it's all hand-drawn, isn't it? Yeah. It's all hand-drawn and then digitised rather than done on a PC. Yeah, and it has an attention to detail that I, I think even by today's standards is good. You know, even little... Because um, there's no real cutscenes in this game, but there are little bits where it stops and takes control of the action for a couple of seconds and throws you back in, like almost like little set pieces, um, which I would imagine at the time were in- innovative in itself. And then those set pieces are animated beautifully and fluidly and uh, and obviously fit straight into the action as it's kind of going along. The music is amazing. And the same tongue-in-cheek approach that they've got towards those animations then feeds through into the music. Like when you start that crunchy level and it starts with that do is it it's like and then it's like the record scratches and it just fucking changes to something random entirely with fucking screams going on and all this mad shit. Um and then um the the um like jolly song as you're going down the little when you're flying on the rocket thing. Uh, in that little <laughs> vortex and stuff like that. So, <laughs> so you t- take these as things. I think it's set, it, it, it set some kind of benchmark for sound effects and for music and for animation. And for usually those things generally come at a compromise of gameplay, which actually there isn't a compromise here gameplay-wise. It's quite fluid to play. It's quite responsive, albeit it is very fucking hard. So the negatives I had was, it's very fucking hard. But I guess the flip side of that, which is why I wanted to ask you that question is, you know, if I'd have had more time, if this was my only game, would I have, you know, sat away and hammered it and done it? And by the sound of it, I probably would, and I would have probably really enjoyed it. So so that hardness would have probably bought you um, extra hours worth of joy from the game and satisfaction from the game. I don't think it's hard to the point of um, where you just put it down and never come back to it. I think um, the hard, the, the level of hardness, it, it's once you get to learn the attacks patterns. of enemies and stuff, and you like, yeah, yeah, patterns, and you go, right, I know what I'm doing now. If I go back at it again, yeah, I can, I can, I can pick it up, and and maybe that's why I got to the end of it in this time that we were playing that you didn't, because I remembered it all from last time, albeit that I got hurt. And then went, oh, yeah, it's, it's this, this. Right. And, um, so you had to wait for that yeah, muscle so... memory to kind of kick back in. Exactly, yeah. 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 Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the if you if I was nitpicking about it, um, those flying levels didn't really need to do, like, be that long. Um, they, they seemed overly long. Um, so, like, a, quite a nice welcome distraction the first time it happens. But even the very first time you do it, like fucking hell! This, this fucking come on, you know. Just... It's because you don't. The, the, I couldn't work it out. Again, I've got the instructions. <laughs> I could have just read them, but who does that? You the the balls you collect in that vortex 
they they will earn you a continue, aren't they? Do you have to get over fifty or something to get a, yes. to get a continue? Yeah. I didn't know the exact value, so I guess they've got to be long enough for that. And then you get the shields and stuff, so there's a little bit of risk and reward. But I think it, it breaks it up nicely, doesn't it? It kind of it does, but the, gives you a breather a bit, from the platform. Just a bit. Don't, um, they don't need one every level. Nah, oh, hmm. like throw more at you faster and make it shorter. But yeah, I mean, from my point of view. You know, there's no getting away from the fact that it's it's a really solid game. Like it's clearly a labour of love. Someone's given a shit about it. Doesn't look like it's been rushed or hurried in any way. Um, from a negative standpoint, it could have done with more narrative flow. I think throughout it, I think you could have um, you could have, like I said, sacrificed maybe those racy bits in between the levels and actually had some fucking cutscenes or even just like stills explaining what was actually going in so that so that he had some kind of narrative pull to it because it doesn't really have any they could have presented it like a comic book yeah like start a great jill yeah just jumping from frame to frame yeah exactly yeah you know so um but then i've got to look at the innovation that is in there and there's loads of it the bosses are good you know the routines of the bosses and that they seem rock hard but actually they're not you know it's as soon as you know the um the pattern you know they're, they're doable which is what a good boss fight should be you know good boss fight should feel absolutely impossible and then you should then be able to go in and absolutely ace it and people go what the fuck you know and that that's the that's the perfect design of a perfect boss in it so you know um it is hard though and you you have to there's you no know, playing defensive in this game really you've got a fucking go all out aggressive and you've got to, got to play with a really aggressive play style aren't you if you're gonna yeah you can't you can't try and dodge your way out of trouble yeah you can't just, you can't go i'm running past them because you're just gonna fucking no. die you, you know you have to you have to kill everything um uh, yeah so but yeah i mean it's it's amazing it's really really good um i, I you get fed up of, <laughs> did you get fed up of hearing him go ow ow no, I, I, ow um, what were the uh, groovy <laughs> plasma <laughs> yeah but it was it, it was it's that kind of 90s zany humor isn't it that it was so big back then yeah like you say it does have it definitely does have shades of that ren and stimpy type um for, sort of irreverent absurd nonsense to it which i think mm. is really good um but yeah what about you sullivan just pretty much what you said, <laughs> other than to, <clears throat> because I, you just summed it up. It, it looks great. Uh, it's it does fall short. Well, for me, there's two types of platformers. There's tight platformers like Mario, mm. side-scrolling Mario's tight, precise, and then you've got these this era of uh, floaty platformers like um, like well, like this Strider, like Busby. Busby the Bobcat, that was a save Can't quite, enough. you know, just, well, just, just not really responsive or, or they weren't, you couldn't, the, you cannot call this a Twitch game. No. I don't mean Twitch like the viewing platform. I mean, like Twitch. Yeah, it's not Twitch me, gaming. is it? Uh, no. No, exactly. Yeah. So, but once you get to grips, it's quite slow and cumbersome and that's just the design, not a shortcoming. Uh it all just kind of clicks, and like you say, it's really funny. It looks well. It's daft. It's entertaining. 
Uh, you've got your money's worth, like I said earlier. There's a couple of hours for if you just want a couple of games on it. And also there's loads of hidden shortcuts and little secrets and you can see hidden extra lives and and different things hidden beneath floors. And how do you get to that? Like at one point, if you're savvy enough, you can find a shortcut where you go down a toilet and pretty much cut out all the first level. Stuff like that. So there's a lot there's a lot to it more than you would assume by on the face of it. So lots of yeah, lots of good lots of content, lots of value. And uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it, and I'm glad I own it because there's some games that I bought for the last series for the cause that you want to burn. That I might as well just melt in my kettle. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but my, my my first like reaction to it, I didn't like it. It's the, it's only as I sort of persevered and uh, last. I'd only given it sort of ten minutes, and I'm like, oh, that's going to be hard work. Uh, but actually, it won't because because it was. <laughs> so I don't mean that's the important yeah. thing in it. Um, for me, I think this is a nine because I think there's just too many little niggles to give it a perfect ten. Like I said, you know the, the narrative element, the um, the rocket sections, and the spike that you see in some areas difficulty wise uh, probably keep it from a ten. But it's a nine, and it's not like only just a nine. It's fucking a solid nine i was really excited for you to play this actually when it came up especially when you said you'd not played it i was like oh fuck it i was like that's well up my street maybe not the gameplay but mm. like the humor the design or like he's he's just gonna lap this up he's gonna love it then when you when you text saying oh it's shit it's, it's fucking hard i'm not really liking it i was like oh that's a shame i can't expect him to like it but it's interesting to see that it turns you around oh yeah yeah that's cool but but like you both said i in terms of likes and dislikes, I like pretty much all of it. Uh, the art direction, the humor, the sound, the, the the gameplay, the variety in levels as well. It's not just a run and gun, and every level is just a different copy paste. You've got the bungee jumping levels, you've got the racing levels. There's there's a lot of different things to do. Yeah, you know. And um, that, um, even like when I'd stopped playing it, and I decided obviously to watch the long play of the bits that I'd not seen. That was something that stuck out to me as well. They're not just regurgitating the same ideas from the previous levels. It's not like that's that same level with this skin on, and now that baddie looks like this, and this one looks like that. Not the case at all. All of the levels do seem to have been approached in a entirely, you know, this is what this level will do kind of way. Um, you know, Everyone's got its own feel, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, they all they all feel like individual levels. Yeah. I think I think sometimes I did feel a bit cheated out of hell. The cooldown of your, you know when you get hit, the cooldowns are very short. Yeah, it is. And if you get yourself stuck, like almost on top of an enemy, and you're like trying to get out of it, and I think that comes to your point where it's, you said so. Look, it's not a tight platformer. It is a bit floaty at times, and sometimes you can trip over yourself trying to get away from something in a hurry, mm. and it just not being responsive enough, and him jumping. You're like, ah. Oh. As a result of that, for the crows, you can take him down with a precise hit of well, your whip, which is actually your, your head, mm. yourself. You whip <laughs> yourself at the crows. The suit, the suit pulls the worm out of the suit. Yeah, and uses that as a whip. Doesn't it? Funny. But I ended up just using the guns because, like you said, once those crows or any enemies on top of you, you it's a bollock to get off but I'll, I'll be giving it an eight eight uh only because i think that's really just on me because it is a bit floaty but and i prefer precise type platformers but um i don't consider that's this just really a preference thing. 
a platformer. I mean, I just consider it to be a game that has platforming elements in it, yeah. but it's not a platformer. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, I won't lump this anywhere near, like you know, Mario and stuff like that. It just it isn't. Well, it, it's a just it's an action it's adventure game that has some platforms in it. Well, interestingly, it was covered in this this month's issue of CMVG. Oh, right. What did they have to so say? How about you give your score there, Dandel, and I'll read out what Rick Skews from CMVG thought of the Mega Drive version. I'm going to give it a nine, like Mike did. Um, I, I love this game. I always have done from being a kid, uh, and I still love it now. But there's still things that grate with me, like that short invulnerability, the whip mechanism. If you're ever trying to go from one hook to another hook, the number of times I had to do that and miss it and miss the second one. And it looks like you've hit it and I'm like, I fucking hit that. Mm. And you do it again and again and again. There's one level later on where you've got almost a tree of hooks with a hook at either side. You need to hook it and then hook it again and go backwards and forwards on yourself to get up this tree. And fucking hell, a pain in the ass with the hook. That whip mechanism just isn't as, as tight as it should be. It's if you're going to put that in, it needs to be better. It's not easy with a with a old Mega Drive pad as well. No, no, I compared it no. to a ROM and used the, um, I used the Xbox pad. And it were loads PC. easier. Compa- loads easier for getting that precise ah, diagonal. right. Yeah. So you give it what there? I'm giving it a nine. You're going to tell me so it no, got eight and a half. No, right. Well, on, on the SNES, they give it 90 because they cover both formats. But for the Mega Drive, Rick Skews, I was ready to slag Earthworm Jim off because it's yet another take on the Global Gladiators engine from Dave Perry and co. The thing is, everything hangs together so well, hence criticism on that front isn't fair. The graphics and sonics push the machine to the limit, and while there's not that much variety, the brilliance of the graphics make you want to progress to see them all. Well worth a look, but think twice if you already have Aladdin, Cool Spot, et al. And they gave it 88, which yeah. is pretty much what, what, what we've what just, what just kind of come at. Two yeah. nines and an eight. So, yeah, I yeah. can see where they've gone lumping it in with Aladdin yeah. and Cool Spot. I mean, Cool Spot they'd worked on previously. I don't know if they had Aladdin, but. Um, Aladdin's it, the same floaty type. Yeah, it is. Lion King's yeah. the same floaty Jumping. type. Yeah, Aladdin is a better yeah. game than this. Lion King's. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd put it on a par. Yeah. The Lion King, I think, is better. Lion King is really good. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'd i agree with that on the whole. 80, 88, I suppose. Why not? Yeah. Do you want a fun fact? Yeah, go on then. Sit down and strap in. His facts are like a slap. It's coming at you so, so fast. It's Dan's fun fact. The game was ported to other platforms, Nick Brutti in an interview on the Retro Podcaster said that Sega asked Shiny Entertainment to add a level exclusively to the Sega Mega Drive version in exchange for reduced cartridge costs. And that was mm. level seven, intestinal distress. And Nick states that they designed the level overnight, completed coding and testing in the level in a single day, the day the game was sent to be printed. Ah, so that <laughs> so just contradicts... Shoe on that level in right there. That the contradicts the the notion earlier that the reason that wasn't in for the SNES was because of the gar then. Because it... Well, they might have... Had it in the plan. Yeah, and and the Nintendo went, "Eh, no thanks. But also, that is the only level that I managed to break the game in. 
<laughs> so you 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 walk through the maze and you end up fighting this intestinal thing that's just spewing bile at you. I jumped over the level at one point and landed in it, and it wouldn't trigger the boss to come out. <laughs> nice. I'm like, oh, okay. What's going on here? Luckily, because I was using save states at the start of each level, I might have to reset it. Just go back to that, and it's kicked it off again. But um, I will say, I did complete it using save states, but that was purely to come back to it. It wasn't like I died and gone, oh, I'll just do that again. Mm. Um, I was fair to myself like that. I was just using it as a... Um, yeah, you need, a, you need <laughs> like, a session. You need a session if you want to play. I think, uh, what's the playthrough? About an hour, I think, uh, on, on YouTube. Do you, I, um, yeah, so if, if you know what you're doing. Do you know, yeah. I've just seen something that's a fun fact. Was this was this Rutger Hour at the end of Blade Runner? Um, <laughs> it's a terrible impression. The um, Earthworm Jim Far is coming out soon for a console called the Intellivision Amico. Um, the Amico, yeah. yeah, that's your Tommy Tallarico's new machine, which today is. <laughs> It's supposed to be, we're going off on one quickly, but it's supposed to be uh, quite a, a low-powered family gaming machine well, for the family with an emphasis on multiplayer. Um, but I've seen something come out there. It's about as powerful as a, as a mobile phone from 2011 or something today in the press. Tommy Tallarico is now coming out swinging, wants to sue Ars Technica for this article that was apparently top secret and shouldn't be published and all sorts. So he's having really sensitive or worried that this is not. I mean, I don't well, want it. If, They're quick to sue. I'll tell you so something. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll tell you something. If but, you yeah. have a look at the screenshots for Earthworm Jim 4, um, it certainly doesn't look like a cheap mobile game. No. Yeah, there's but, a shot, there's yeah. a YouTube clip of him landing on a beach um, with the with Evil the Cat in the foreground. Yeah. It certainly looks up there with Switch, I'd say. So but we'll see, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. It could be who knows, but yeah, it's it's been I, yeah. We'll we'll see what happens with the Amico. Yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't it's even know that thing existed. So interesting. Sorry to derail. Carry on. So that's your fact out there. That's your fun fact, as fun or not as you might have been. But um, so, what else could we have been playing? You tell me. Um, he's Echo, Echo Two, absolutely gorgeous, completely unfathomable dolphin simulator. <laughs> I I had it as a kid. I had no idea what was going on. I've played it as an adult. I still don't know what's going on. Not that I've tried to get into it, but it just it just confuses me. I'd like jumping out of the water. That's fun. That's about it. Yeah, I'll never get that game. I didn't. I didn't know, but there was an Echo Junior as well, which I guess is just a dolphin sim for kids, which presumably was dumbed down to a level that a dumb adult like me might understand. Uh, El Viento. That's first of a trilogy of games, um, including Ernest Evans and Annette Futatabi. The first two have been platformers, and the latter being a side-scrolling beat-em-up thing. Looks all right. Looks very 16-bit kind Sounds of... Sounds like a coffee shop. <laughs> El Viento. I think it's um, Spanish for the wind. Like Elemental Master. Looks like Dino Ricky. Looks like a 16-bit Dino Ricky, but with magic instead of dinosaurs. If you've ever played Oof. that. Right. E-SWAT. It rings a bell. E-SWAT. I think I remember the cover art for this, but don't remember the game. Uh, yeah, we had, we had E-SWAT. Some, either I did or one of us. Did, but side-scrolling... 
shooter type, bit like Robocop. Yeah, I'm going to say in my mind, yeah, it's, it, 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 I remember it being something like that NARC game. Um, yeah, it's yeah. not as frenetic as NARC. No. Yeah, it, it was It was apparently a better game. The part of the arcade game was better than the arcade game itself. I don't think it's a very good arcade game, apparently. I don't know. Right. I don't think I played it much in the arcade. Now, there's Eternal Champions we could have had as well, which is a 1v1 fighter. And I keep seeing it at these retro gaming fairs, and I'm always, I'm always looking at the case and think, I wonder if that's any good. Never bought it. It's just, the cover's just got like a lion-looking bloke and a bloke with goggles on who's supposed to maybe look a bit like um, Cyclops. The screenshots, it looks a bit rubbish, if I'm honest. I don't know how well it was received. Nah, there wasn't much going for it in E, was there? I think we did all right. I'm glad we got what we got. Yeah, you've got Vander Holyfield's Real Deal Boxing. boxing. You've got some European club soccer. ESPN Sunday Night NFL, ESPN Baseball, Hockey, Speed World. The only thing now, unfortunately, is going to be hard for someone to top that now, isn't it? (laughs) So we'll see. And we're only a short way through the alphabet. It is, and thinking about F, the first things that come to mind are FIFA's. Yeah, fuck got a lot that. of them. Oh, I hope we don't get I'm fucking not... FIFA. Feedback. Feedback. Yeah, we've got I've quite a Twitter, bit of feedback. We've had some feedback on the letter D games. So, what have people been saying? Golden Era Gaming, aka Martin. Golden Gamer. Golden, yeah, golden Era Gamer. Golden Era Gamer. Thank you, I can't read. There are some great D games. I have a soft spot for Demolition Man. We also did a podcast chatting through the best D games. Demolition Man. Mm. Yeah, so they've got a podcast called A to Zelda. A to Zelda. Where they, yeah, where they cover uh, letter Ds. And so, I don't know, I've not listened to it. Check that out, but, but make sure you listen to us first, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you can get to the end of this episode. Um, <laughs> it's a bumper episode. Doctor, it is. Dr. Romani or Dromani at Dromani Games. Fun fact, the US version of DJ Boy has some reworked art, a light radius gimmick on one stage, and extra challenge compared to the Japanese version. I'd say Dynamite Heady is the best of these, but every one of these games is definitely worth a playthrough. Which one was DJ Boy? No. It's um, where you're on roller boots. It's like Final Fight on roller boots. <laughs> Don't remember it. Yeah, it was in the list of what we could have been playing. Uh, uh, Happy Dude UK's been in touch. Yeah, that's Mark Happy Dude. Happy Dude. Other than the Devil, other than Devil Crash, I seem to remember enjoying a shooter called Dangerous Seed. I'm pretty sure I saw Charlie Far streaming that. Well, interestingly, but after that, uh, Tronads jumped in, uh, dastardly Tronads, and he said, is that, uh, is that a prop from the movie Demon Seed? <laughs> Which is what I, I watched a few months back about the artificial intelligence that <laughs> rapes the woman. <laughs> Rick Six Games. Uh, I've been playing Desert Strike recently, and Dynamite Heady was great. Where does Disney's Aladdin sit in the alphabet? That's a really good game. I'd argue that should be A. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, so. That's an A. That's an A. But uh, Aladdin is good, as is Desert Strike and Dynamite Heady. Splendid Fox Games, Devil Crash, best pinball pinball game pinball. ever. Best pinball game ever. <laughs> I think he, yeah, yeah I think he's right. I played think. it, 
played it recently again at yours, didn't we, on PC Engine? Yeah, it's Good. a stonker. It. Better than crew ball. Right then, let's go bother randomizers, Dad. Spin that wheel! Spin that wheel! Spin that wheel! Spin that wheel! <sighs> oh, God, what? 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 No, not interested. Not even having any game. You can have a, you can have a month off. <sighs> Alright, okay. Quick question, as I'm your dad. Have you cleaned your teeth and washed your hands before bed? Uh, it depends on what, what you're going to come up with here, because if it starts with F and ends with Aoife, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> kill me. I'm, I'm randomizing dad. I will rip out your face. You can have the next game. It's a game that starts with F. F, like you, fucking idiots. F for fastest one. All oh, right, okay. Ah. I take it all back. Well, thank God for that. So, are you happy with I that? Don't know. I'm going to Google it now and see. Fastest and then a number one. I mean, you better be. Get lost, I hate you. Piss off. <laughs> fastest one. I found it. I found it. Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off looking it up and uh, get excited about it later. But uh, we'll have to see what that brings us because oh, we are now at the end one. of this bumper episode of Pixel Podcast. And that's it this. Huh. for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks all for listening. We love you a long time. If you want to reach out to us, you can grab us on. Twitter or Instagram at Pixel Hunt Pod. You can get us on the website at www.pixelhuntpodcast.com. You can drop us an email at howdo at pixelhuntpodcast.com or watch us over on Twitch doing the featured game at uh, twitch.tv slash pixelhuntpod. We've also got a Discord. Why not? Oh yeah, join in yeah, there. Yeah, so you know, Rick Six has been in there chatting away. It's it's uh, he's 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 lifting the chat quota by one hundred percent. So come along. We we've got lots of different streams: retro gaming chat, music chat, film chat, TV chat, uh, chicken chat. <laughs> it's all a, it's all a lot of chat. But until next time. Keep on keeping on. We're Pixel on Podcast. Playing the games. Playing the games. So you, games. So you, so you don't, don't have to. Have to. Have to. Have to. Games have to play. Outro. You don't need to say that. Oh. <laughs>